Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. I'm Suzanne Kearns, a mom and dot 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate, and today a half marathon trainer. But by the time this airs next week, I will be a half marathon recoverer. So we'll see. Yes. Yay. So exciting. I'm Missy Stevens, mom and dot 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 writer, foster care advocate. And today, by the time this airs, I will be mourning the end of a girl's trip and want desperately to be back on vacation, I'm sure. Oh, I'm so jealous already. Yeah. We are so happy to have Kay Newton with us today. Kay loves to inspire people around the world to live midlife on their terms, full of fun and vigor. As a midlife strategist and author, Kay is passionate about simplicity. She loves to create and hold space where an individual or group can master their own purpose in life. No magic, weird stuff, pills, or potions, just plain, practical, down-to-earth common sense. Kay loves beach combing for plastic, walking the... <laughs> I'm going to say this wrong, <laughs> Mallorcan <laughs> mountains and expanding her own horizons, which in turn, she shares with others. Welcome, Kay. Welcome. Thank, thank you, ladies, for having me. And you got Mallorca so well. You did a really good job. Oh, there. so much better than how I originally wanted to say it. I was like, is it Mallorcan? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were going to put a little Texas spin on it. <laughs> there you go. Had first, but I, I think you did a beautiful job as well. Thank you. Okay, we did your bios. We have a sense of who you are, but we want to give our listeners a little more K101. Um, you've had quite the international journey and your story has progressed and we just really would love for them to hear what impacted your choices and how you got where you are right now. It's an interesting story. And um, again, I, at the end of this week, I will be 60. So I've had 60 years on the planet. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Hence the new haircuts and the new style. Love it. <laughs> and it's interesting, isn't it? Because quite often these journeys that you have, you're, they're unexpected. They're not things that happen to you um, planned. And so, yeah, I've had a couple of um, big forks in my journey, as you can tell. I do not have a Spanish accent. I do not speak Spanish at all without my Yorkshire accent. Um, <laughs> and I've been here for 35 years. I originally got here. I sailed here on a boat. So I used to live in the north of England. Again, if you know accents, you'll, you can hear that. <laughs> and I uh, hated my job. I worked in retail, um, worked in a shop and was bullied by the manager. One day I was down at the marina eating my sandwiches and saw this big boat come in. Anyway, I ended up jacking in my job, um, throwing all my stuff back at my parents, uh, giving up my apartment and jumping on board this boat and sailing to Mallorca. It took me three weeks to get here. And um, I tell everybody I never swam back. <laughs> and I haven't. I'm still here. So I met my husband. He's from South Africa. And we decided to make Mallorca our home. We brought up two children here. And just as our oldest one left the nest and our youngest one was just about to fly the nest, my husband got this amazing opportunity to build a five-star hotel in Zandibar in Tanzania, which is East Africa. 
So we left the boys behind. So instead of having an empty nest, we had no nest. <laughs> and we went to live in a two-roomed, tin-roofed house by the beach in Zanzibar, where I learned all about simplicity. So we took oh 20 kilos with us. And later on, for a couple of years later, I then walked the Camino de Santiago, which is here in Spain. It's the, a walk that goes from the French border down to um, Santiago de Compostela. Uh, so I walked for 34 days, 729 kilometers with a seven and a half kilo backpack oh and realized God. that actually simplicity is less. So there's a little bit of my story. Oh my gosh. I mean, Amazing. there's so, there's so many. I can't close my mouth. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the thing that we all talk about doing, right? But I mean, probably a fraction it. of a percent actually do it. And I think that's the key, isn't it? We talk about doing it. I, you know, people say to me, how you must have always been adventurous. And for me, I don't know any different. I suppose I have always been adventurous, but it's always been part of me. Did I think about it? No, there was just an opportunity in both big scenarios, I'm telling you. There was just the opportunity. And mm -hmm. so I took them. There was no time to think about it. It was just, right. yep, doing that. I'm yeah. going to go. So, I think that's the key, taking the opportunity. A lot of people do have yeah. opportunities and then we overthink it. I was and then we, to say, then we analyze for days and yes, it's too late. And we survey it's all gone. of the people in of our lives and try to get a consensus. And then, yeah, then the ship has sailed. Literally, the ship I mean, has sailed. Ever, <laughs> ever jumped out of a, an air, aircraft? parachute jump you'll know that there's that hesitation at the top but it's so so slim it's like a couple of seconds and then you have to go yeah and I think that's the key sometimes you just have to do that in life you just have to not hesitate you've just got to go Ooh. well I that's think that's something Suzanne and I both I know. are not necessarily <laughs> afraid but we do overanalyze and we do take in a lot of information from all around us and that hesitation sometimes turns into just plain old inertia and so I oh yeah I mean lesson. I spent more time thinking about which cheese I was gonna get yesterday at the grocery <laughs> store probably <laughs> I hope you made a good decision I, I, I did actually I, you know what after all that we forgot to eat it so that's very symbolic I think that's a nice metaphor for my life I spend a lot of time <laughs> deciding which cheese to get and then I forget to put it out so <laughs> But, okay, well, then this leads right into yes. your current role as a midlife strategist. So for some people who don't know what a midlife strategist means, can you explain yeah. what that means? And then also what kind of questions your clients come to you with and how you help them work through that, that inability to, to take those chances, to choose the cheese. She's not asking a lot of me, is she? One question. <laughs> Yeah. Five minutes. Yeah. How much time do you now. have? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk fast because we know you have a deadline. So, me, so see if I can go back and, and unpick it a little bit. A midlife strategist for me is not necessarily the same as coaching. I don't like to call myself a coach because I think there's a tendency for people wanting to come to a coach, a bit like going to a doctor. Um, I've got something wrong with me and I want fixing. You will fix me. Mm. And, and the answer to that is I can't, the only person who can fix you, if you think you need fixing is you, let me tell you now, there's nothing about you that needs fixing to start with. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is if you have a strategy, so you have a template 
you think of a building, you know, you build up there the maybe a metal structure. That's your template, but you can fill that then with whatever you want to fill it with. So I like to design one-on-one strategies of whatever you come to me with, and it can be anything from just lost your job and you're making a decision. Maybe you've had the unfortunate um, news that you're getting divorced, you didn't expect it. Maybe your, your kids have left home and you're not quite sure what you want to do. All the big things that happen to us in midlife, and you and I can work together on building a framework for you to then fill in with what you want to fill it in with, if that makes sense. Yeah. Does that answer all the questions? I think it did. I, so the, that sounds like those are some of the main buckets that people come to you. I mean, you think yeah. about, I mean, it feels so unique and alone and like you're the only person who has faced some of these challenges. But I think when you do stand back and look at it, probably from a bird's eye view, it probably does fall into, you know, just a handful of buckets of all these similar situations we all find ourselves in in midlife. Yeah, I think I think there's two sides to it, isn't it? You've got the fact that you are unique and individual, and we tend to forget that. But at the same time, yes, on average, when you get to this age, we're all going through it. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, we want to hang here for one more minute because we want to talk about that sandwich generation piece that a lot of us are finding ourselves in. But we tend to use our podcast to get some of our questions answered as well. And this <laughs> midlife strategy really speaks to us. And um, you talk a lot about the midlife table toolkit and your address account adjust process. And it helps people get their mojo back in five days. So I would love to five days from now have my mojo intact. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Again, it's a process. It's a template that you would use and you would need to spend some time away thinking. And that can be an issue at midlife. We know time's quite short. But just taking a little bit of time out of the normal daily routine to think about how you would like to deal with whatever's going on for you personally. And then really sit down and work out the accountability of what do you want from this? And then what's the tiny little step, the adjustment that you want to make? Because just remember, it's not just now. If you walk the Camino, you know this. It's a step-by-step process that gets you 729 kilometers down the road. It's the same. If you take a little step every day for 365 days, that's 365 differences you can make. So it's working out where you are, what you want to change, and then doing the changes. So being accountable for it. The table of life is, is, is like doing a mini self-audit, really. And so if you think of an old-fashioned French table, and I, lo- I love to use that analogy, it's normally big and sturdy. And that's what you want it to be, big and sturdy, because whatever life throws at you then, you're able to cope. And so you are that life table. And there's four parts that are the, the table legs, the four sturdy legs. One is your health. So where are you on your health journey? What do you need to address? Be accountable for what do you need to adjust? The same with your wealth. Wealth is not just money, finances. It's also what you give back to your community. And I think that's really, really important because, again, it's a balance. Your knowledge. What do you know? What don't you know? And what don't you want to know? (laughs) Then you can work out who you want to go and get help from. And we often, at our stage in life, know so much that we don't have a certificate for. You know, Mm. you just think of all the skill sets you've got from, you know, 
being the nurse, the taxi driver, the chef, the sex kit, and you maybe you do it all. <laughs> you don't have certificates for it. Um, so if you've got all those in, in place and you know your knowledge, the, the last part, which is the part that gets most women shocked, and I can't wait to see your faces, is <laughs> connection. Mm. And connection, I always say to, to the people who come to me, who do you know? How many people do you know? You need to have a list of about 30 people you can connect with if you have an emergency. Wow. And, and you see them going, oh, yeah, I can get to five. Yes, I, um, I, so I can maybe get to 10. Why is 30 a really good number to be thinking about? Because we're all going through the same stuff at midlife. So you may not be available the time you have the emergency That's or that true. person yeah. may need you for an emergency and you're not available. So if you've got a good um, circle of influence, a, a, a group of people that you can connect with, then the tendency is if something happens to you, like, you know, you, your house burns down or your husband kicks you out or what if it maybe you've got somewhere to go to. And then yeah. the table, tabletop is you. Knowing yourself intimately. And we don't do this. We're so busy looking after everybody else that we forget who we are, our uniqueness. So it's coming back to who are you, what really gets you, sets you going, and, um, and you know, working on you, which I think is something that we don't do. So oh that's the table God. of life. Gosh, there's so many things that I like, as you were talking about them, I just, I didn't want to interrupt, but there were so many things that were going, because <laughs> about the connection was a Jen man who was uh, telling us in her book, uh, midlife bites where yes. she realized like with, when the car breaks down, who do you call? Like she couldn't, she's like, if my husband's out of town, she got to this point where she's like, you know, she's an independent woman, whatever. And she right. has people that she knows, but who's going to come get me on the side of the road? I think that was right. Jen. If I'm, if I'm quoting, it was Jen. It was Jen. It was Jen. That. Yeah. And we, we get so busy. I hate the word busy. I'm trying to find another one to use, but we just get wrapped up in all the things that we're doing. And I think we fail to nurture those connections. Yeah. And that's, I just love that reminder. And 30. Yeah. 30 it, it, I, I, it's probably an exaggeration but it makes you think that's the key yeah. isn't it it yeah. saves you going on the normal you know my good five friends who right. I could reach out to so maybe right. I can squeeze it to 10 how about 30 oh well that's actually okay so yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that and my mind's boggling at like do I know 30 people but then I, I also love one of your legs the leg with the knowledge and also knowing what you don't want to know because I do think that's another thing that we, I don't know, you feel like you need to know everything and you almost feel bad about yourself if there's something that you don't know a lot about or that you feel that you're not good at and not really thinking about, no, what are my true, like my aptitudes, my skills and what are, where should I be focusing my energy and learning and, you know, and really trusting myself that if something's not interesting and I don't want to learn about it, that that's. That's not Somebody a statement on me. Passion. Yeah, exactly. Leave it for someone else. I love exactly. that. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to know everything about everything. I oh. just think if you don't do that, how much space it saves you. It's a simplistic thing to do, isn't it? To own up and be honest and say, do you know what? I really don't like cooking. Great. Yeah. So well, I really don't do like it. doing the accounts. So what? You know, 
<laughs> find somebody who loves numbers. It's not it's not a trendy crash. It's quite easy, really. It's just um, a simple switch, isn't it? Yes. Well, that I okay. So there's that idea of knowing and owning and they're you know, taking some pride in knowing what you don't care if you don't know. But now I'm trying to tie that with also the 30 friends because I'm also getting, I'm also getting You're hung to, up on that, aren't you? No, I'm, I'm getting to that stage in life too, where I'm really trying to be intentional. That is my word for the year, intentional mm-hmm. and not just having friends for the sake of having friends and also really being like, does this person bring me joy? Do I feel good with them? Do they inspire me? You know, what is or that? Do they thing? drain me of everything? Do they drain exactly. me? Am yeah. I, am I hanging out with them just because I've kind of always hung out with them and I feel like it'd be awkward if I don't hang out with them anymore. But, but I do think that, okay, so if you're going to put a number 10 or a 20 or 30 on it, not just having them, you know, because you need someone to pick you up on the side of the road, but being like, let's be really intentional about about who those people are. I think part of that as well is going, do I want to pick them up at the side of the road? There you go. Right. <laughs> there right. you go. Because it's, it has to be both ways, you know. It ha- you know, this is how we build connections. You want to be available for them just as much as you want them to be available for you. So it's mm-hmm. a, a two-way. If they only call well. you when they're on the side of the road, that's not no. so helpful. No. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Missy, what's your word of the year? Delight. I like that one too. Yes. Do you have one, Kay? I do. What is yours? What's yours? Coddy Wumple. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's going to take some explanation. I'm glad that wasn't in your bio. I'm going to leave that. Let's move on now. And uh, (laughs) you can check that on Google. So we need... We need a definition of that and a de- definition of Mallorca. Yeah. What is Cotty Wonful? I'm just a, a, a five so second it, version. It's, it's to um, go purposefully in a direction without knowing where you're going. Oh, well, that's amazing. Isn't that nice? I that? Love it. That's what life's <gasps> all about, isn't it? If you think about it. Oh, uh-huh. okay. I'm changing my word. No, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> <laughs> You do a word of the quarter and next quarter could be Cotty Womple. There you go. It's my season of the year where I will be Cotty Womple. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. We're finally oh. getting back to, we had a couple of years off with COVID where we're like, there's no word of the year anymore. Where those are probably the years when we really needed a word of the year, right. but we're yeah. finally getting right. back into it. Yeah, my yes. word was just survive. Yeah. <laughs> Feed the children. Yep. <laughs> Stay sort of sane. Oh my God. Well, speaking of children, um, I perfect segue. I know we had a, we had a nice conversation previous to this conversation about, um, caring for your parents and then also taking care of children at the same time. Missy and I's kids are about the same age. We've got around the 16 ish age and then around the 12 ish age for our kiddos. And my mom listens to this. I don't want to call her an aging parent, but (laughs) technically we're all aging parents. So no offense, mom, you're doing great. (laughs) But (laughs) the part of the, you know, midlife these days, we are in this unique sandwich generation where you Mm -hmm. can find yourself caring for aging parents while also caring for children. I know that you have a unique story around this, but also what you see from your clients that you work with and where, where does that time then get pulled from? Is it that they have to take a break from their career or their marriages suffering? Just 
like usual, just taking it out of their self-care time. I don't want to say just, I mean, we just do. So how are you seeing that and how are you helping women work around that? Again, it's a very unique process and it depends entirely on you and your circumstances and where you are in, in the whole process. So it's difficult to just say, this is going to be the answer, but I, I think women do tend to take it from their self-care time. I think that's the first priority, it, you know, as in the first thing that we let go. Mm-hmm. It, it's difficult, isn't it? It's not an easy time, but I, I think we've been led to believe that life should be an even keel all the way through. And if, we've, if we're maintaining that, we're succeeding in being a good human being or a mm-hmm. good parent. Mm-hmm. But I always think of the, of the heartbeat monitor. If you've got a heartbeat monitor, it goes up and down. Mm-hmm. And life is all about the ups and the downs all the way through the process. Because if it wasn't, we'd be <laughs> Flatline. Flatline. Oh, I like that. <laughs> we'd be dead. So, yeah. you know, we, we, are, we are always striving for this flat line for some reason. But yet life's not about that. It's about the ups and downs. And, and yes, the sandwich generation is a difficult time and it's going to be on the down part of the journey. Mm-hmm. It is stressful. It is difficult. There isn't a lot of time. You do feel pulled in all directions. But at some point you'll come out the other end. So when you get to the end of your life, you've evened out, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's the first realisation is it's only... A set piece in the whole story it's only a certain time that time will expand and be different depending on whether you could stay at home whether your parents survive longer mm-hmm. whether they're ill from a young age or whether they're healthy until later on in life there's so many weathers you know so many scenarios like you can't really right. answer the question you've just got to be open to the journey and I think that's the key isn't it and you've got to really do what's true to you So, for example, my parents were back in the UK. My husband's parents were all the way down in South Africa. So it wasn't as even as if they were just around the corner if there was an emergency. Mm -hmm. You know, it it was a a, a different story from what most people go through. My brother lived 10 minutes from my parents' home, but it, it would be me who got on the plane, dropped my family to go to deal with the emergencies and that's yeah. just how it was you know it, mm-hmm. and it's not right it's not wrong it's just the story so yep. you know my husband picked up a lot of those pieces because he ended up being house parent you know for, for my kids and it was an interesting time because at home I'd had my kids later in life in my 30s so we were all going through hormonal hell at the same time. <laughs> They're going through the teenage stage. Yep. You're going through menopause. Your husband's going through andropause. And, you know, yep. what do you do? Well, you open a bottle of wine or you <laughs> all laugh. You know, you just say, laugh. it's not yeah. me. It's the hormones speaking, you know. Oh, my God. We absolutely had a moment this weekend. We were all together away for a swim meet and had spent quite a bit of time together and it was complicated, stressful. We had every kind of weather in 48 hours. It rained, it sleeted, it snowed, it was sunny, it was windy. Like we had everything and we had to just take a step back. My husband and I, we were like, this is so many hormones in this hotel room. Mine, the boys, his, 
this stress, like there's so much going on here. That's not us. And when you said it's not right or wrong, it's just the story. Yeah. That resonated with me so much because we want to assign these values to things that absolutely they don't really have a value. They just are. And it's how we deal with them and how we choose to look yeah. at it. That makes the difference. And yeah. I, I think I'm going to tattoo that on me somewhere <laughs> right or wrong. It's just the story. Yeah. It's beautiful. And, and as long as you are happy with that story, that's the key, isn't it? You know, my, you know, my, my parents were adamant. They didn't want to ever go into care homes. And my mum, mm. unfortunately had a stroke five years before she actually passed. And um, my parents were on a, uh, a holiday in Norway at the time, which made it extremely stressful. Mm. But oh, yeah, um, interestingly, you know, my, my father became my mother's primary carer and she had care at home, but there was no time for him to take down time mm. unless somebody mm. went over to, to be with them. And then he, with lifting, ended up having to go for his own surgery. And so they needed care for, for, for that time. And of course, that right. was not easy. Um, so it wasn't just a quick over for the weekend. It was, I think I was there nearly six weeks. Yeah. And then when, when my mother passed, my father survived her three years, but developed cancer. And so again, I just down tools at home, said, sorry, guys, and went back to be with him in his final moments. Yeah. Um, and how old it, were your kids at that time? Um, they were coming up to at the end of their teens. Okay. So, it's a little yeah. Older. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was my choice. I didn't want my parents to go to a care home. Oh. And I wanted to be with my father at the, the end of his, his journey. So, you know, everything else, sorry, guys, got put to one side. Yeah. Dad, you're in charge. Boys, you're big enough to help him out. And uh, yeah. that's it. And we had talked about on our previous chat about if you're living with your 20 kilos of possessions compared to then going through your parents' belongings and being responsible for either archiving or throwing away or distributing or whatever the case may be. You have probably a very both ends of the spectrum point of view from that, as far as the way you were living for yourself and then how you were forced to be responsible for all these possessions. Then can you kind of speak to that and any recommendations that you would make for how people can deal with that? I love your questions. They just go on forever and ever. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) There's just so many points in here. A lot. Hang on a minute. Let's, let's go back. Just tell me if I miss out something. Oh no. Um, so my parents have lived in the same house ever since they got married. So they've been there, I think, well, I guess 60 years or something. It was huge. It'd been, you know, they've been there forever. Yeah. Um, and the hardest thing I think in, in clearing out, I mean, my father had done a, a phenomenal job beforehand, but the hardest thing I think was clearing out the things like the photograph albums <sighs> and photograph albums are a very emotional uh, thing to have to deal with I think um, and lots of the mm-hmm. photographs don't mean much to you but you know that they meant a lot to them so that that was pretty tough going I think yeah um I had like 10 days to to sort out the house between my father passing and and the funeral so it wasn't a great deal of time before I was no. getting on the plane to go back 
to pick up my life again. Yeah. And there was a, a huge realization for me that it didn't have to be like that for my kids. Yeah, they, uh, we'd grown up in this house. It was our family home. Luckily, all our personal childhood memories have been removed from the house. There wasn't a great deal there, but it was still lots of memories. And I didn't have to do that for my own kids. And that was one of the reasons when we were lucky enough to go off to uh, Zanzibar that I realized that we could actually sell our family home. The kids had flown the nest. They didn't, didn't need it anymore. And we mm -hmm. could create a life for ourselves that didn't include those memories. It doesn't mean to say that we haven't kept the memories because we do. We right. keep them in our brains, don't we? We have mm -hmm. them and we've got our photographs and, and we talk about them often. It's just that there's not the emotional connection to it as they would have been if we were still living there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was something that we did. And also we're very aware of possessions so we don't live a minimalistic lifestyle but we do live a simple lifestyle and uh, I've made sure that over the the past five years or so we've done a lot to not only help in the process of you know when we do pass that we don't have as much to deal with but in our everyday life how we walk lighter on the planet so we don't use toxic products in the house either for cleaning nor for personal products you know, we cook healthily homemade food that's sourced as best we can in an organic way. And we just live more, what I call more sensibly. So, yeah, it's been a whole process, though, that we've gone through over the last five, ten years, really. I like that idea of walking lighter on the planet. Mm. It, that's another thing I would like to write down and post somewhere. Yeah, it's um, a beautiful and way of being it. not being a minimalist, but really thinking about and being intentional about what you have and delighting in the things that you have without letting them own you. And we went through that a little bit when my grandmother passed away. We didn't know which things really meant a lot to her. She had never said to us, this matters and I'd like you to have it, or this is nothing to me. Please don't worry about getting rid of it. And it was hard. There was there were these moments where I felt like we would stop, start, like we would be going through things and then we would all get hung up. Like, shouldn't somebody want this? Like, should somebody take this? <laughs> yes. And it's so hard. It's so hard. And my parents have, as a result, done a good job of going through their things. Um, yes. We went through that. Out. My mom moved actually to be closer to us, it, like right at the beginning of COVID back when we were all mm -hmm. still scrubbing down our groceries and like really, I mean, <laughs> the craziest time of COVID to be moving to downsizing the house she had lived in in 40 plus years to be able to fit into a moving van and move across to Texas. And, and it, my brother and I thought we would go and we would help her pack it up. And as everything went in the box, we would reminisce and look at it and be like, Oh, remember this. And then, you know, you wrap yeah. it up and put it in the box. Like, no, she had to hire, so, or, you know, a housekeeper to come put stuff. She didn't even know half the stuff that was in boxes because it was just such a scramble to get out of there. And the time that we thought was safe and literally the people bought the house with most of the stuff still in it. And so she's like, I think my ice skates or whatever for when I was little, my cake topper from my first wedding is up in the attic. Like I think her wedding dress is up there. And it's just this 
it kind of becomes like, yeah, is that stuff really important? Are they doing me a favor by just being like, here, don't even make me deal with it. And, you know, and everything she has in her home or the things that she chose that were really special now. And, mm -hmm. but you know, it's a one bedroom apartment versus a three bedroom house that she'd had for all these years. But I do think she learned from her husband passing and having to go through all of his stuff. And he was a collector of sorts, <laughs> of sorts, <laughs> especially <laughs> office supply products, which I can appreciate. Yeah. I'm a sucker for some opera. I mean, but like, um, but I do think that going through that process makes you not want to do it for others. And so I think she was conscious yeah. of that in selecting the things that she brought to her new house, the things that would truly bring her joy and that were important to her. And then everything else is like, yep, they can just keep it in the house. I don't need it. Um, although I think there's some pots and pans that she's like, Oh, I wish I could go back and get that. <laughs> but those are more practical. I, I think there's always something you wish you'd kept. Yeah. Right? You know, down, right. down the line you go, Oh, you know, I really wish I'd kept, as you said, that pot or pan. Uh, but it's a pot or pan at the end of the day, isn't it? Yes. It yeah. doesn't take you two minutes to go and get another one. Yes. Right. We did the same when we sold our big house. Um, it was a Mallorcan um, farmhouse. So the furniture suited the house. Mm. If we'd have stored it and paid for the storage until we found this property, it would have cost us an awful lot of money, plus the stress of moving and shunting it around, only right. to find we bought a modern apartment and it wouldn't have fitted here anyway. Mm. So yes. then you'd have ended up right. selling it. So, you know, we made the decision when we sold that we'd sell it with the furniture in, yeah. in the property. And I think that's such a lovely way to go. Yeah, I do. Oh, well. I think there's something about really appreciating how those things served you in that time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just that Marie Kondo idea of thanking them for their service and appreciating them, but saying, I don't need this anymore Yeah, because we don't need almost any of it. Um, yeah. And it's we're attached to it for really weird reasons. Like that thing is not that person. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I love that because if you think about it, you know the the monks walking around in their beautiful orange togas, you know, and and their their rice bowl, nothing else. Mm. Yeah. you know what do we need in life? Very little, mm. really. Oh. And I, you know, now that I think about it, my mom after she retired was working at a storage unit facility and had this visibility into like, people would just have these, I mean, huge storage garages full and full and full of stuff that just stuff. And they would pay so much money. And you think about, yeah, where does it even end up going in the end? And I think that is, it yeah, goes on I, that TV show where people go yeah. bid on one storage, <laughs> they bid on like strangers are then going to go through your stuff. And then I just, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't. So get I think that gives you a whole different perspective on it too. Oh, I just, I love all, all the idea around this and just the, the lighter footprints on the earth is just something I, I think you can approach a lot of decisions in life with, but I know. And oh I wish gosh. we weren't 45 minutes in because I'm not kidding. Kay, I could talk to you all day long. Like, I just want to hear <laughs> I, your story. I'll come back. Promise. I promise. Yeah. Just invite me and I'll come I back. I know. All right. I please. Know. But in the meantime, where is the best place for listeners to learn more about you if they want to work with you and get some more of your wisdom and impart it in their lives? Yeah. Come to the website, knewton.com. I'll search for K Newton on Facebook or Midlife Strategies. I have a group uh, for women over 15 or 45 plus called midlife strategies so 
Yes, I just joined. I'm so excited. Yeah, fun (laughs) scene. Good. I need to join. Yes, I know. I get. I can't believe I didn't find it before because we've been. I mean, we've been talking about you and chatting with you and stuff for a month or so now. But then I was like, oh, I didn't know there was a group. So yeah, Facebook's funny about what it shows you. That's true. You know what? I just saw two posts today from our own Facebook group that you must have done that I had not seen, and they were like a couple days old. I was like, I don't even. That happens to me periodically. I saw something that you posted and I was like, well, I didn't realize it was you at first. And I was like, look at that. That's great. Oh, it's us. It's <laughs> oh dear. Okay. So that is terrific. We'll send people there and we will put your links in the show notes. And you also have a really great uh, free downloadable that people can get there as well. So we'll put the link to that as well. Yeah. All right. I think we're ready for some look, listen, learn. So just in case this is anybody's first time listening, thank you so much. We're so happy you're here. But if you're not familiar with the Look, Listen, Learns, it's time where we take some time to talk about some of the favorite things that we've been either reading or watching or listening to or learning about. And Kay, we don't like to put guests on the spot first, just in case you, <laughs> in case it's a surprise. <laughs> so I'll kick things off this time. I usually throw Missy into it, but I'll go ahead yeah. and start this time. So I have been looking at or watching Inventing Anna. I'm not sure if you are familiar with this. I got I've seen it. It's been shown to, I mean, I haven't seen the show, but yeah, Netflix keeps wanting me to yeah, check it like, out. You should watch this. It's one of those yeah. 99% matches. This, this yeah. ticks all the buttons of your crazy things you'd like to watch. Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite things I want to watch, Julia Garner from Ozark, who, what's her, Ruth. She plays Ruth, Ruth. on Ozark. Ruth plays the main character who is Anna. It's a little bit different for us because we typically watch documentaries about people's real lives, but this is done by Shonda Rhimes and it's done in a very Shonda Rhimes way. I mean, it's, it's beautifully done and fun and, you know, sassy and like, you know, it's just, it's not a documentary. And it's also a little distracting because it's literally like 80% of the cast of Scandal we're like, wait a minute, Ooh. that lady was a vice president. Wait a minute, he was that guy. Wait a minute, she's the assistant. So it's like a little weird reunion of scandal, uh-huh. which is a little disturbing, but not quite as disturbing as Anna's accent, which I guess in interviews that I've read with Julia Garner is really how this Anna spoke. I think she was born in Russia, raised in Germany, but she learned English by watching shows like Gossip Girl and stuff. So she kind of has this weird rich girl twang. I don't know, (laughs) but it's very, it's very bizarre, but I guess accurate. I have not heard the real Anna, but for people who don't know Anna's story, she was this 20 something socialite, quote unquote, who posed as a rich German heiress. She went by the name Anna Delvey, uh, but I think her actual name was Anna Sorkin. And she just got this obscene amount of money through friends, mentors, banks, just by kind of aligning herself with the right people and just kind of mooching Mm -hmm. off them long enough for someone to be like, oh, well, if she's friends with them, then she must be safe, you know, but I can't believe how much money she got. She's in prison now. But it's just so crazy and uh, it's it's fun. We'll see. We're on episode three or four. It's kind of one of those things where like, I'm not recommending it. I'm just letting you know it's there. <laughs> That's what you're look, listening and learning. <laughs> That's what, I'm learning about whether I want to look at it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and last week I shared a look, listen, learn of one by one by Ruth Ware. 
And I have also discovered, this is my learning that apparently my new favorite book trope is rich people who get stuck in the Alps getting murdered one by one during an avalanche threat because was also reading Sarah Pierce's debut novel, The Sanatorium, which takes place in an old sanatorium, which has turned into a hotel, which along with the trope. It's a luxury resort now in Switzerland. And this woman, the main character is there to celebrate the engagement of her brother. There's all this backstory there about like, maybe he killed their little brother when they were younger. Maybe he's just a nice guy. I don't know. And then when people start dying, like who's killing everybody and they're dying in these weird, I mean, it's very disturbing. It's just a whole mess. But anyway, the the most disturbing part of the whole thing is that like, there's this avalanche and this huge storm and all these things are happening, but like, she has just hundred percent amazing, reliable internet during the whole thing. <laughs> and I'm like, clearly I didn't use the same service I use. <laughs> I know. I'm like, can you talk to Greg Abbott about the Texas power grid? Like if we get 10 snowflakes, our entire <sighs> state's down and has no electricity for five days. So yes, I had no suspension of disbelief at, at that point. Um, but fun books, I Again, read the Amazon. There's not a whole lot of stars on it. I had fun with it. I was just listening to it while I was running and training this week. But that's um, perfect. So yes, if you are into people getting murdered in fancy hotels during avalanches, those are two two books to read. All right, Kay, what about you? Well, I just don't know what to say now after all that. That's just amazing. <laughs> I think my life's very, very boring in, in comparison. <laughs> So I want to share with you a book by a good friend of mine, uh, Linda Polio, called Trusting the Currents. Oh. Read it if like you can. Um, I've read it once and I'm reading it again. Oh. And it's an interesting book because you can read it at different levels. So it's the story that she wrote. Um, it's her story, but it's also the fact that she had this download, this person arrived in her mind from nowhere. And it's her story, story of A.D. May and what happens to her. Uh, very, very interesting. But you can literally read it at different levels. So I've read it once as a storybook and now I'm going back to look at it in, in much deeper personal levels. So very, very interesting oh, book. Oh, interesting. The other one listening to is um, a podcast by a lady called Carol Chapman called Hearts Rise Up. It's won all sorts of awards because it's really, really good quality. I love the conversations she has with the people there. Very inspiring. Lots of information there on, on self-help and development, which is something that I'm interested in. Interested in. And the other one is, is a local lady called Saskia Griffiths. And Saskia, I met in September this year, and she's been teaching me all about fascia, oh. which is the skin around your but you know, it's the big thing around your muscles your body between, oh, between yes, your yes, skin yes. yeah and yeah. Uh, she has a, a thing called realign and we do classes like month events so we started again on monday we work from home 45 minutes and she puts me in all these amazingly strange positions <laughs> and uh, they make the thing for me that i find so fascinating i'm learning about my body but I'm learning about the space within my body, which oh. is something I've never, ever thought about before. And I so I'm, I love it. It's very, very exciting. And I learn something every time as I do it. Oh, that's really that is fascinating. I know. I'm... And it feels amazing to release that. Like, it, it's absolutely amazing. You know, you find yourself in a really weird position and then you go, oh, 
there's a space there mm. between my lower rib cage mm-hmm. and my next, and, and oh, wow. And if yes. I just twist a bit more, wow. You know, the whole thing is just, I love it. It gives me goose pimples. Uh, exciting. Yeah, because we spend that so much exciting. of our life either curled up looking at a phone or hunched mm-hmm. over at a computer, or even I find myself when I'm watching TV, I mean, our life is just so tight and just tight, contracted. Just tight. So, uh, yeah, and, and the more space. we're tight and contracted, the more our organs can't work properly. And then mm. we wonder why we get ill. I know right. that makes me want to, whoops, I just, my shirt fell off there. <laughs> That's why I, I can't have a great too much local space. guy. So I'll put it in the show notes who does work with releasing all of that. So I'll put that in the show notes. Oh, if you can't yeah, and, and we, I'll, I'll pass you Saskins as well, because um, she's working online. So you can, you can meet her Ooh. via Zoom, you know, oh, cool. classes we do via Zoom, which are just amazing. I know. Oh, I was thinking she came to your home. Oh, I get it. Like you're no. at home and she's on, I'm oh, at home need her information then. Yeah. No, she's, uh, she, she lives in Ibiza. She lives in the next island across. So. Oh, yep. very cool. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We'll definitely put that in the show notes. Yeah. And there's one other thing that I, I should really share with you. I have another good friend called Griselda who has a Facebook group called looking after mum and dad. Oh, it's not a, a, a big group. It's not a busy group. And it's quite UK based, but it's an interesting place where you can go if you're looking for a safe place to find information or to share where you are, you know, if you are looking after elderly parents. So that may be something that your listeners may be interested in. Yeah, definitely. So we'll put that in the notes too. Perfect. All right, Missy. Uh, Okay. I have been rereading I Miss You When I Blink by Mary Laura Philpott. Um. Jeez, I have it up sorry, there. I tried to get mine and I knocked out my office. Uh, I just love it so much. And um, I just needed that. I just needed her voice recently. Mm. She has a new book as well, which has the greatest cover ever. I don't have it in my hands yet. I swear I pre-ordered it. So it should be here, but it's not. Mm. So I need to go research. Yeah. Like, did oh, I not yeah. hit buy or did <laughs> it not show up? Um, I don't know. But so I don't have the new one but I'm bomb shelter I think is the title yes. of the new one yeah, and it, it has her turtle on it her turtle her her tortoise who knocks on the door every morning it's do you know that's so cute yes to come get a strawberry yeah he comes up so to the door sweet. and bonks on her door <laughs> and then she feeds him and it's amazing and then he goes away um, but that's the kind of person she is that she would have this little creature who just has chosen her in her home yeah. um so I needed her voice recently and I picked it up and I love it and so if you haven't read it read it and then go buy the new one yeah and then my other one is not real smart but I thought it was perfect for today because we're talking about this midlife time I have found that I am now trying to find cosmetics and products that work on midlife middle-aged skin and um, things just sit differently than they used to and I'm pretty much a sunscreen and mascara girl yeah. um but for doing this, I try to put on a little more eye makeup so that I have a face and maybe some lipstick. And I've uh, my go-to products that I used for years just sort of sit weird on different, almost 50-year-old skin. So I got sucked into an Instagram or a Facebook ad or something for Ilia Cosmetics. Okay. So I will report in a couple of weeks. I have it on today for the first time. It feels really good on, but it's a sunscreen. Well, it, it looks has just good. a little bit of tint. Well, thanks. I mean, who can tell in this light, right? <laughs> but um, 
I'll let you know how it wears. Like if it stays on, if it feels good, if my skin doesn't break out, all of that kind of stuff. But the products themselves are supposed to be clean and really beautifully packaged. And so that works for me. I'm yeah, a total I'm a sucker, sucker for the pretty for package. Packaging. Yes. And uh, so anyway, I'll let you know. I'll let you know how it goes, okay. but I like everything I've tried just initially. So that's a continued that's learn, a to be continued yeah. learn. To be continued. It's like a little teaser. I, I, <laughs> before and after. I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we did it. We got you finished in time. Yes. I'm so proud of us. I don't think we've ever ended on time. No, probably. This is probably a first. <laughs> Put it in the record book. Then, then I definitely have to come back. <laughs> yes. Yes, something wrong. <laughs> no, you told us you had a cutoff and we didn't want to mess yes. with you. And so, really? yes, we, we got yeah. you. We know you have to go, but we thank you so much for your time. Such thank you for having us, ladies. It's been great fun. Oh. I can't wait to see you again. Uh, well, thank you for putting up with my super long questions. That's why we usually run over. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you again. We really appreciate it. You have a wonderful, well, this your evening, I guess. It's Good evening. night yeah, to you. Have a great evening. Evening, Maria. The sun's just about to go down. Well, we're going to go have lunch. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. You take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.